So we're starting out with a major apology. So Because we were absent for, since like August? It's been, it's been forever. I was working on a documentary for three months, starting in August, and I just didn't have any time to schedule anything. Yeah. And this is my first year teaching high school, so no teaching at all. Sorry, guys. So sorry. We'll do better. But guess what? We're re-recording what we recorded in October. Because now be... it's it's winter. And I can delete it from my Google Drive. <laughs> Yay! And we're both recording on new microphones. Mine's technically not new. It's just my old microphone that I plugged into my Zoom recorder. Can't believe I never thought of that. Maybe because this could work badly. Back next on our agenda, I'm drinking coffee. Ow, I hit my tooth. It says, busy documentary, Adam School, Zoza Butt. What? What the? What did I do? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, listen, you guys, there's a revolution happening. You guys are going to get squashed if you're not careful. Squashed by your butt? <laughs> <laughs> She took her headphones out. What a cry, baby. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Don't eat pears loudly. So for my documentary, I was in East St. Louis for a long time, and I definitely want to send a shout out to East St. Louis and the kids that I was working with that told me ghost stories. And if anybody knows anything about haunted East St. Louis... Send us an email because I'm very interested. That that area has such like a rich and intense history. Like, I would love to to learn what's lurking in the darks of all the buildings. In East St. Louis. Yeah, that would be cool. Just be careful. Well, yeah, I know, I know, like cops and locals there now. Oh, okay. And I'm really, like, ready to start doing some haunted things. I've, like, started... I'm missing it so bad. I think that's why I've been so, like, tense lately is because we haven't been doing anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just need to get my ghost finder equipment out. Did you get some new stuff? Um, I have... I didn't get... Did I get some stuff? I don't remember. It's been uh, so long. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, you ordered some new books. I did get some. I ordered some new books, and hopefully that'll lead to some new interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got a huge list. You want to try that again? <laughs> <laughs> we got a huge list. Yeah, we do have a huge list, and I'm. If we can keep with it, this year is going to be a pretty big year. I feel like. Yeah, we've got like several. Uh, Things that we'd like to do outside of St. Louis and some even outside of the state. And let's see here. And the Alton Haunted America Conference is already like scheduled and I think their tickets are already on sale. Okay. And Greg and Dana are going to be back. I'm really excited. Um, Classic monster movies. Did I watch any monster movies? Yeah, have you seen anything spooky lately? Um, you talked about the mummy, but then you said you didn't want to talk about that. Oh yeah, we can talk about that. Um, yeah, they're doing uh, 
Universal's, I mean, this is kind of old news, but Universal's doing the shared monster universe like Marvel does, where they have like individual monster movies, and then they're going to have one big movie with all the monsters together. Um. And honestly, if it doesn't culminate into like a new Abbott and Costello as their shared movie, like Abbott and Costello meets <clears throat> Frankenstein, but with like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost as Abbott and Costello, that's just... Are they really going to have Simon Pegg? No, they're not going to have that. Well, F. I was talking with uh, with my confidant, Jacob Scott. Shout out to Jacob Scott. <laughs> hey, buddy. Um, we were talking Your about cousin? that. cousin? Yeah, my cousin. <laughs> we go way back. <laughs> um, we, uh, we were talking, I guess the only like good way we feel like that they could do a culminate, like a full, like every monster in one movie. They've had a trailer for, like, the, they're starting it off with The Mummy, and Tom Cruise is, like, the Brendan Fraser. I one. hope it's, like, that Disney Mummy movie where he wears, like, a Hawaiian shirt and What Disney sunglasses. Mummy is that? Oh, they take him to, like, the movie theater. Uh, I think you're thinking A Weekend of Bernie's. No. Because he wore a, a Hawaiian shirt. And they, <laughs> it. It starts out. It starts out with uh, they they're they're watching some horror movie and this lady sticks her hand in a uh, a garbage disposal that like a knife's in or something or a blender. I don't remember. But they don't show that part. And the, but they're watching a scary movie and then they meet a mummy. What? Hold on. Let me look it up. Sophia. Utella, I think I'm saying that right. She's playing uh, the mummy. So a lady mummy? A lady mummy. And she looks kind of scary in the trailer for it. She looks kind of like gnarly. Oh, so it's going to be a scary movie? Yeah, they're all supposed to be kind of scary. Because it's, it's the Universal Monsters. But, uh, Did Rose... you say it was huh? uh, Universal? Yeah, like so like all the old movies. Like Jaws? What? Under Wraps. Under Wraps. Do you remember that movie? Hang on. Search the internet. It was a Disney Channel original movie. I know. It was a Disney movie. Oh, see, I'm thinking a cartoon. How did I not see that one? It was great. One of my faves. It looks killer. Yeah, it was good. But see, like in my mind, the ones I watched the most, because it seems like they were on all the time, were, was it Alley Cats? Motocross. I hated that one. Alley Cats Strike. Yeah, that's right. It was yeah, that was stupid. It was always on. Uh, thirteenth year. That was the worst one. At um, thirteenth year was okay. Thirteenth year was okay because that was the first time I ever saw like a boy mermaid, and I was like, "Hey, <laughs> equal Ooh. opportunity mermaid." Right. I was like, Ooh, boy "Hang mermaid. on a second. It's not just men need girls. that." I mean, as a little kid, and I kind of like was in the idea of mermaids, but I was like, I couldn't talk about like. I feel like if I said like, "Man, you guys like, you guys into mermaids at all?" I'd be like, "Oh, look at this kid." You know? Oh, yeah. So, in like, rural Missouri, that would be frowned upon. It would be. And so I just, like, I kind of kept that under wraps, if you will. And, oh. But, yeah, 13th year, I always watched that one. And, obviously, Luck of the Irish every single time it was on. Well, so you had a crush on Ryan Merriman, then. Yeah. I didn't have a crushes on anybody. He was in the Alley Cats one, too, wasn't he? I think he might have been. <laughs> oh, and by the way, those here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we talked about Alton a little bit, but... Coming up in April, we're helping, hoping to go to the Belvoir Winery. Um, they're having like a haunted event by uh, 
Strange Escapes, which we hear Greg and Dana talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be there in Kansas City and hopefully we'll be there. It's it's April 7th through the 9th. And uh, we're really excited. And Sarah Sutherland's going to be there, Mm -hmm. who was also at the Haunted America conference. And... We're going to go on some ghost tours. Maybe my first, like, real ghost hunt. That'd be cool. Both of ours? Maybe both of ours? What do you mean? Our like, first... it's like a real ghost hunt. Yeah. Like, they're going to have, like, like, we've, I mean, we've done, like, little things, but nothing, like, oh, an extensive. Actual... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fingers crossed for that. Excited. And I'll drink some wine. <gasps> and then you'll whine about being scared. <laughs> hey. It'll loosen me up. I'll feel better and less scared. Hopefully. I guess that's all for our intro. So uh, coming up, we're going to talk about last summer when Zoe and I went to the Stanley Hotel. Cool. All right, goodbye. Okay, you ready to talk about the Stanley Hotel? Let's talk about it. Adam, tell us a little bit about, um, about The Shining. We want to know the book or the movie or what have you. Well, the movie, where's the movie shot? It's not it's at not, the Stanley Hotel, but the TV series was at the Stanley Hotel. The TV right? series was, and I feel, well, it was definitely, when Stephen King wrote the book, he definitely based it on the Stanley Hotel. Right. Yeah. In room, which room? Was that room 237? I believe so, yes. Uh, room 237 is the documentary. The documentary is really good. It's about Kubrick's interpretation of it all. I wasn't a fan of the documentary. Really? Yeah, I watched the whole thing, but I don't know how to explain it. It's like one of those documentaries that just has a lot of interviews and and pictures where they zoom into pictures. Yeah. Over and over. Because they don't have like B-roll or anything. They didn't shoot anything. They just use pictures. Uh, it says here the budget for that documentary was like 5400 bucks. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> Well, to give a little background on, on the Stanley Hotel. So in 1903, uh, an, event, an inventor, Freeland Oscar Stanley, he, he got, I think he started out in Denver. Uh, a doctor told him to, to like go to Colorado to get better because he had symptoms of consumption. And he ended up in Estes Park because the air in the mountains was so dry and clean and he built his kind of like a vacation home there where he could get better with his wife flora and she wanted it to have like a lot of rooms so that her friends could come and visit and then there was also like ballroom concert hall and this was all because they were like super wealthy because mr stanley had invented the stanley stanley steam car and he'd also, uh, what? You almost said Stanley Steamer. This, yeah, he invented the Stanley Steamer to help you clean your rugs. <laughs> no, he invented a steam car. <laughs> he designed it in the early 1900s to be tough on dirt and gentle on carpet. He was extremely passionate about clean rugs. <laughs> And he also, like, helped with his brother invent dry plate photography, which made photography, like, on the go super easy and super quick compared to how long it took back then. Mm -hmm. 
And so he sold that, I think, to Kodak, and he was a damn millionaire. And so when he got sick, he was able to um, build this huge fancy house with his wife where he could get better. And uh, and then they would just, like, once he got better, they, they had parties and had friends over all the time. If you look up pictures of, of Estes Park, it's beautiful. It's, like, right by the Rocky Mountain National Park. And so when I got to climb around in the park a little bit up mm. a mountain and then we went to a tour of the stanley hotel and unfortunately since they have guests you're not allowed to go up where the rooms are but we can talk a little bit about the room so you know who's been up there by the rooms though and looked through the i rooms? didn't we didn't go up by the rooms they said we weren't supposed to and we're rule followers i know but i did you did i talk did. about them yeah i was with a friend a couple of summers ago uh it was too late for the tours and it was also too expensive um for us at the time we went in the back way and parked and just the key is to walk in like you already have a room like you like this isn't your first time walking in so don't look like don't look look around or anything and so we just walked in and went straight up the stairs we just walked through the hallways and went up a couple floors and went to 217 and 237 and 217 is the one where that gas leak exploded and and that made i think she died uh, here we go. In 1911, room 217 was the presidential suite, an L-shaped room that took up the space that now houses two rooms, 217 and 215. On the evening of June 25th of that year, a thunderstorm cut the power and all the hotel's guests were taken down to the lobby while staff were, was charged with lighting the backup acetylene gas lamps. There was an unknown gas link when chambermaid Elizabeth Wilson entered room 217 with a lit candle. And it exploded and she died. I didn't see that. It's so sad. You want to talk about the tour, though? Sure. So first we started out in the concert hall and we like walked upstairs and um, and the, the tour guide, what was her name, Lilith? She told us about this maintenance worker who I think she called Eddie, who, who like they say he like can turn lights on and off mm -hmm. in the maintenance hall. And Eddie, just uh, to clue you in, Eddie is no longer a living, living being. You're saying he's a ghost? Uh, they think that he... Uh, still resides in the concert hall. I, I, need you which to, is, I need you to say he's a ghost. He's a ghost. Oh, oh that's what I thought. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so we, like, kind of tried to talk to Eddie and took pictures, but we didn't, we didn't really hear anything. I think they said that he sometimes knocks on, on one of the doors and that uh, there are different lights going up the stairs that... Sometimes they'll be off and sometimes they'll be on. Mm -hmm. And when we started the tour, one of them was off. And then when we ended it, it was on, which I don't know if you can say that's ghost activity, but it was spooky. And then we went down into the basement of the concert hall. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first room in the basement of the concert hall, they think that uh, one of the security guards, um, after he passed, that maybe his spirit still is there. And... I remember Lilith said she, like, felt kind of, like, heavy in her chest and uncomfortable being in there. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think maybe that's not a very nice ghost. But there are, like, cigarettes there and lighters for him that they leave. Mm -hmm. And then we went into the next room. And in that room, they say they said that they think that there's a ghost cat. Which we sat there for a while trying to get the ghost cat. <laughs> yeah, there was like a silica packet in Jenny's bag that she didn't take out from when she bought it. And we were, she just sat there shaking it. 
And we were going like, here, kitty, kitty, kitty. Everyone on the tour, like, they, I feel like every single person on the tour came in while we were doing that, and they were just like, okay. <laughs> no, it was worth it. I mean, It st- was, because, you know, I had a feeling on one of my feet, and I think it was my left foot, that when I was sitting down and we were trying to get the cat to come over to us, my foot just got really, really cold. And I don't know if it was because the cat maybe was laying on my foot. Or, like, sniffing around it or something. That's what we hoped. Um, They also think that a young boy, I think they said a young boy, who had uh, some mental disability may, may like, reside down in the basement in that area. And also uh, a young girl named Lucy who was a runaway and was kind of squatting Mm -hmm. in the basement of the Stanley Hotel. And this is a really sad story, but they say that, like, a maintenance man found her and kicked her out. And that night, like, it was, like, freezing temperatures and she was found and she, like, passed away in the cold. And they think that maybe she still haunts that basement. Yeah. And there's a picture that uh, Weekend Weird, Greg and Dana, posted and wrote an article about that someone captured in, in that. I think it was in that room that they think may have been Lucy, which it's actually, we'll, we'll post the article on our Facebook page, but it's actually a pretty spooky picture. Anyway, after the concert hall, we went back in because the concert hall is a separate building. And so we walked back across to the, to the main hotel and into the cigar room. Was the billiard room the same as the cigar room? They were right next to each other. Okay. So we went to the billiard room and we were trying to like use our EMF detector because they said that sometimes there are like hot spots around the the pool sticks. Is that what they're called? The pool cues? Billiard sticks. Pool cues? You know, sticks. Cue ball? Stick? Uh, poo sticks. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were checking out uh, the sticks and... We didn't really get anything, and I felt kind of dorky because every time you turn it on, it goes wow. <laughs> 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 so we we were like the only people doing anything like that, but we didn't really get anything from the six. And then we went over to the the cigar room, and there's this flag. Mm-hmm. Of course, they say that sometimes you can smell cigar smoke. Um, and then there was also this flag that was donated to the hotel that like there's this strange spot which we took a picture of and we'll we'll post it that they've said like it started out as a small spot and it just has grown more and more and it looks oddly like a photo of Mr. Stanley it's like an oil spot it's really weird cuz it definitely looks like a face now yeah it's got like a mustache and hair uh, so after that, we went to the ballroom, and there's a piano and some windows where, where they people say that um, you see flora in there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes by the piano, sometimes by the windows. And we took a lot of photos in there, and then we went down to the basement tunnel where, like, they said it used to be um, tunnels all through out underneath the hotel, but there's only this one part now because mm-hmm. some of it like collapsed and some of it was just shut off and they say that the, the darker entities hang out down there 
Now it's just like a tunnel from the basement of the hotel to the employee break room. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it was pretty drafty down there. And you could see the rocks in the tunnel. You could see like quartz in them. Really? Yeah. And she was, Lilith was talking to us about the different types of quartz and how being on a foundation of quartz, similar to limestone, could be what helps uh, channel energy to that area. Huh. Yeah, and also she was talking, I can only remember one because it was kind of, it reminded me of Steven Universe, but she was talking about the different quartz can mean different things, and she said that rose quartz means love. I've I've heard that, yeah. Aww. But yeah, that's about all we have for for the tour. It was a really great tour, and they were really nice, and Lilith was really, like, she was a great tour guide and very enthusiastic, and... We, like, bought our tickets kind of late because I kept procrastinating. And this lady, let, even though it was sold out and we only had one ticket, this lady let us buy an extra ticket so that Zoe could come along, mm-hmm. which was really sweet. That is. Yeah. Got anything else on the Stanley Hotel, Adam? Um. Oh, I heard that they canceled their ghost hunts. Yeah, I was just reading that. There's controversy. But they have a lot of ghost tours. I wonder, it just blows my mind whenever, is it, is it because of a new, like a new owner or something? I know like if you're a hotel like that, that's not really the clientele you're wanting to bring in. Right. And like, I bet to have something like that, you have to like shut down the whole hotel. Yeah. And so. I can understand why, and I'm sure you would get better business off the ghost tours anyway because when we were there it was like there was a new one going every 30 minutes from like five till late so and and it was a quality ghost tour like everybody who was running the tour oh it says here they responded to planet weird and greg's tweet Responded to Greg and said, we still embrace our strange and supernatural heritage, but we need to serve all of our guests, including the ghosts. So, yeah, it's probably just... I'm sure if you are a very fancy person going to Estes Park to stay in a really fancy <laughs> hotel, you don't want a bunch of people with electronic equipment running around late, yeah, late at night. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah. Okay, so if that's the end of the Stanley Hotel... Up next, uh, we're ha- we have an interview that Zoe and I did with Psychic in Denver. Ooh. Ooh, our first meeting with a psychic. Don't she's a medium? Medium. medium. Uh, I mean, that's kind of rude. Maybe she's a small. <laughs> she's a rather tall woman. She was tall. It's like a, me- a medium she tall. She was very nice. Yeah, she was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> As I was just saying, this is our first time talking to any type of medium or clairvoyant. Yeah. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what it's like or what it takes to have that sort of talent? Oh, sure, sure. You know, a lot of people will call what I do having spiritual gifts. And um, to me, it was just life. You know, I grew up as a kid, thought everybody could do this, didn't think it was anything special. but. As a, um, a psychic medium, or what some people will just call a medium at times, um, and you'll see some people call themselves psychics, some people are more mediums, and it really has to do with the frequency range or a sense of time that you can 
um, pick up on or be sensitive to. Um, I'm both. So I kind of travel all time zones. I see everything as energy and pick up on the energy um, multidimensionally of what we would call souls or beings. So I can speak with those who've crossed over, um, those who haven't come to the earth yet, um, are still in light body form, um, as well as pick up on anything about you guys, um, souls here on the earth. So I pretty much read energy. That's how I do it. I'm clairaudient, meaning that I hear um, much of what I do, as well as clear visual and voyant, meaning I see. Um, mostly clairsentient, though I feel what I channel. So I channel everything. I, it's not a, a sense of using your brain. It's really knowing and knowing the energy that occurs. Mm-hmm. So that's what a psychic and a medium do. So it, it varies in range. Um, mediums um, channel those who are across. Um, so it would be a little bit um, of a higher frequency to do that. And psychics would read a little bit more of the earth energy or information on the earth. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So does it just happen or can you just make it happen or is it kind of a mixture of both? Yeah, well I am a believer that we all have these intuitive abilities. Everybody on the earth has some. And it's something we've kind of turned off. And it's something beyond the body. But the body will often feel what we would think of as senses to it. But it's a knowledge or a knowing. It's how you know instinctually, you know, I should turn right even though my GPS is telling me to turn left. I think I'm going to turn right because it just makes sense to me. Uh And we go ahead and do that. that's a lot of what I do is hearing the energy and allowing it to flow without having any sort of judgment to it. Okay, cool. So, you know, so it's really fun when I go with my Ghostbuster friends. I go up to the Stanley Hotel uh, quite we're often. Going tomorrow. Are you? Oh, yeah, you guys yeah. will have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. I'll tell you some names. Good. Okay. Ask some of the kids to come too. So, I've been up there a few times with Fox, and um, it's really fun because interdimensionally, souls will show up. At all ages there so they'll come a six-year-old will come back as a 92 year old and it's the same soul and they'll travel into these dimensions um, pretty much in a state of joy or a state of reconciliation to something on the earth so you'll pick up their energy kind of like you would have an IP address um, on the internet uh-huh. And you would, they would know you were using that IP. That's pretty much how I see souls or energy. It's like their IP address, so I can pick up that they're here, what they're about, who they're about. But I'm a believer that all souls know each other, and that as we exchange and exchange information, it's how well you listen to it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. How did you uh, recognize that you had this sort of talent, or did it just happen? Or? Yeah, I didn't. I, you know, in fact, that's why I work with a lot of kids now, and I work with businesses and people. I've got thousands of people worldwide, but kids as young as four, because you don't know that anybody else doesn't do this. You know, nobody says that you have a gift. You just kind of grow up, and you know people. So, you know, I became a really good people person. As I got into corporate America, I hired really well. I would know things, and to me it was just instinctual, and that's how I really looked at it, until, you know, this higher power 
you know, we could call God creator, kind of said, you know, you could be a psychic medium. And the first time I heard that, I was, I was channeling for myself. I was writing a, a device patent for the patent office. And I kind of laughed about it. I said, I could not. Now, I had great respect for psychics and mediums. But I kind of laughed and I said, I don't think I'm that talented. So as I came out to the world, it was pretty quick that my friends, who were probably the most discerning, looking at me saying, you couldn't do that. They said, okay, hold it. You couldn't know that. How are you doing this? So um, I didn't know I had a gift, um, nor do most people as they start doing it, until somebody validates it or tells them that. Um, but I'm, again, I meet a lot of closet psychics and mediums all the time, you know, who will say to me, I think I'm a medium, Michelle. I'll say, well, come on, test it out. Give me your skills. Like, come on, come on forward. You can't make a mistake. And actually, a lot of people do. So you don't have to do it professionally for a living, but it's just fun to start listening to energy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so if everything is energy, we're a bunch of subatomic particles radiating, uh -huh. right? And mm -hmm. it all breaks down to energy. How will you listen to energy? And do you listen moment by moment, allowing energy to form and change? So when people go do, um, and I've been, you know, like besides, I've done a number of um, investigations, you might say. The biggest thing is, what are you tuning into? Are you tuning into trying to see them as form and human, or are you listening at these levels of what we might call the soul, the higher self, the self, so you can hear that energy. Now some energies you're going out and um, doing um, um, any type of hauntings may not be human. It may be different variations of energy and how it's constructed. We always form energy as groups, so a lot of um, great active places like the Stanley are interdimensional and they tend to form these vortices of energy so that we can start to pick it up because there's a, it's usually not just one energy talking, there's a lot of energy there that's attracting it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so that's why, you know, people are always saying, well, why do some spaces like the Stanley draw energy where other places don't or why are some places haunted or not? It really has to do with um, a sense of time-space dimensionally and what that energy is bringing to it. So if we're energy, energy goes to like energy. So we go into these spaces, and I wouldn't say that they're haunted, they're active, and um, it's pulling a certain kind of energy. So that's why, you know, some of my peers will call me and say, oh my gosh, Michelle, this was really evil, or there was a lot of hatred or darkness in this energy. In some space and time, those vortices will pull, you know, or have an association to it. The Stanley is actually a very friendly place. I go there and Mr. Stanley is greeting me and his wife Flora and, you know, all the kids and they keep you up at night because I'm talking away to them. And they're just fantastic there, but it's very active. And I think that's a fun thing is we like to know if we are energy, what's possible. Mm -hmm. Wow. So in Missouri, we attribute a lot of our, the energy that uh, help the spirits kind of manifest to limestone and a lot of like rivers. Yeah. Do you know what might be kind of an energy source here? Yeah, you know, so 
so I, um, I study the synchronic lines of the earth, which are the energy lines, the main energy lines of the earth. And souls will travel on and off the earth through the synchronic lines. Now, the synchronic lines, there's 18 of them, um, nine east-west, nine north-south. They come out the poles and they go out to the universes. Um, from the synchronic lines, we have minor lines, ley lines, these aspect of energy lines on the earth that are a little bit more minor lines, blue lines, all different types of, of energy source. And that's typically how souls will move around on the earth. So um, as a medium, you'll watch souls move through the synchronic lines under the earth being born and off the earth. That's why there'll be places like um, in Hawaii, there's a synchronic line or Sedona. Um, the, the, the United States is a little absent of some of the major synchronic lines. But Sedona has some, if you look out in Hawaii, you'll see literally there are places where they're known where souls, you literally can see a soul and a group of souls walk by you. Huh. So as these lines come, there is always water, limestone, quartz, you know, these high vibrational aspects to the earth. It's how we resonate. So we're a bunch of subatomic particles resonating. The earth is resonating to... Um, to rock and you know quartz and limestone, all that good stuff. So it's good fluid for energy, but really the energy lines are typically what bring the activity. So as the energy lines form, then we get into vortices, or these vortices, these energy movements. And vortices hold information to me. So like if I go into a prison, or I go to a restaurant that's haunted, or a cemetery, um, I'm always reading the energy of the vortices and what's, so think of them like containers that hold information. And whatever information that's been implanted into them is the information they hold and then souls will be drawn to that information. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It uh -huh. So it's a lot of what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's a lot of energy. Yeah. But so to me, I read the energy mm -hmm. and it'll tell me what type of souls will be drawn there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. You talked a little bit about investigating. Where are some places that you investigate? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, usually I'm invited with some of my um, um, paranormal investigator friends, and I'll work as the medium because quickly, the best way to go in is friendly, who's here, um, come forth. They are drawn to white light. So when you are white light and you are super friendly, and there to assist them and honor them, people will come in droves. So it's why um, people have liked to investigate with me because, you know, I'll just come and say, hey, let's pull people in. Let's get some movement going. Let's get some of the fun paranormal stuff going. So um, um, here um, there's a place called the Melting Pod, the Stanley Hotel. Um, I've been invited a lot of places. I. I tend not to travel and do a lot of that, um, but oh gosh, I've done Colorado Springs, I've done um, marinas. To me, every place has activity. It's if you want to call it forward. So I don't tend to think that you have to go to a place that just has activity, but I will tell you the multi-dimensional spots like a Stanley 
are pretty fun and unique mm -hmm. because you can see somebody come at age six, age 93, the same soul, and literally cross in through almost doors or gateways, and it'll be the same soul. So that's very cool to ask them, what are you doing? Why are you here again? How does that work for you? So, you know, that's to me a really cool thing. But I also see that in people's homes. I was just doing a group reading in somebody's home where their home was multidimensional. I could see the gateways where people would come in and cross. And um, they had had a lot of paranormal activity. So it just doesn't have to be like a cemetery. Right. You'll go to people's homes and it'll be yeah. like this. And they didn't have an old home. It had to do with the land they were on. I mean, I think their home was built and in like the 2000s. So don't think it's just old places. So what, so, um, sorry, that's okay. <laughs> and I have had phone activity before too. Oh yeah? Yeah, very interesting pictures on phones, people sending a lot of electronics. So metals, um, you know, like we were talking about rock, electronics, you know, I had a, um, down in my home, which I keep pretty active in a lot of vortices, I had a table saw turn on. And we were remodeling. And I went down, and, and the handyman who was doing it, I said, does it have a test mode? Like at 4 in the morning, he said, Michelle, the table saw is unplugged. I said, whoa. Yeah. Okay, whoa, I've never had a table saw turn on. Like, who's yeah. doing that, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, very interesting things. But I'll see, oh, I've had all kinds of paranormal activity. I've had things carved in apples. Um, I have, you know, I've seen beings so electrified um, who are, you know, pretty ascended come to me that it looked like fireworks in a room. Wow. All kinds of really, really cool stuff. Yeah. But of course, you know, cell phones flying, um, images coming up on cell phones that weren't part of like their photo gallery. Mm -hmm. People can't figure out where it came from. Yeah, we've yeah. heard a few of those. It's, it's very interesting how souls get bound um, to different things. Yeah. And sometimes souls can get bound to the earth. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of the work I'll do is also to, to get them through the grid system, to command them to the light so that they can be unbound. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't happen a lot, but it can happen. And um, it's just a sense of worthiness. Sometimes souls don't feel worthwhile. They let other people boss them around. We see it on the earth all the time in life form. And, and literally they feel um, captive. And so we can do that. You know, I have walked into different situations of where it's been prisons or jails where people felt very um, bound by other energy yeah. or other souls. And it's just like on the earth, you know, um, in, in physical form that... Um, you know, know who you are, know that you're empowered, know that you keep your power and you, no one has power over your soul. Absolutely nobody, nothing. No one can be possessed. Your soul is always stronger than anything that could try to take your soul. Mm -hmm. It's not possible. You have to give yourself away, so don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> don't do that. But, you know, I have seen people, um, you know, um, what is it, the con conjure, that, that the latest movie, the contouring. Oh, yeah, the yeah conjuring, that, yeah. you know, I've seen a lot of um, activity like that. Mm -hmm. I've seen people come out of, you know, some, some investigators just called me. They came out of a women's prison 
and literally had scratch marks all over them and called me to try to do a clearing with them and as I did um, energetically because they were taking all that home to their families yeah. but they they literally were bruised and scratches and things like that mm -hmm. so it definitely does happen and it's not kind energy mm -hmm. so just like I you know I grew up in Detroit I wouldn't go down to eight mile and kind of hang out yeah. you know <laughs> be careful where you go there yeah. is energy but you know most places are pretty kind mm -hmm. but you'll know it here will stand on your back if it's an unkind place. Mm -hmm. Always ask for protection. Mm -hmm. You know, the, this is what the archangels are built for, Archangel Michael, call upon the archangels. Of course, Buddha, Jesus Christ, they are there to assist you. It really does work that way. Mm -hmm. But there is unkind energy, and um, it will be unkind. Yeah. It, you know, energy is energy, it creates. So I don't look at it as kind or unkind. I always ask the energy, what is its intention? Mm-hmm. What is, and, and really I ask the archangels, what's the intention of this energy? Mm -hmm. So I'll work with earth elements, sprites, and um, what we think of as leprechauns, and what we think of as water elements, or um, things that people will call the watchers. And the first thing that the energy will always exchange is ask intention. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing an investigation, always ask spirit what the intention of that energy is. Yeah. That's and then you'll have a really clear idea of what you're going to do. Do you go to areas that are that have more dark energy, or do you just stay away? Um, I do a lot of clearings, um, and I wouldn't say dark energy. I would say think of it like a whirlpool. So uh -huh. dark energy when I um, when I work, and I've done a lot of space clearings on you know marinas and state parks, and as well as homes, it's really chaotic. Mm -hmm. It's disorganized, and we walk in. Because really, energy is very organized in a flow, mm -hmm. and it's synchronous. So all energy um, attempts, per the laws of physics, to reach synchrony. Um, so when you walk into darkness, it's almost like a whirlpool. It's absent of what we would think of as white light. Mm -hmm. Roy G. the light, the light spectrum. So great thing is to put a lot of light into a situation. Besides yourself, just call upon spirit crater, however you want to t term it, to bring white light in with you. Because that really is what energy is drawn to. It is drawn like a moth to white energy. Period. You will get more activity that way. Now, not everybody who is across a soul can move things. So a lot of times we're like, okay, I'll know you're here if you move something. Sometimes they can't move things. Metals are the best. Always metals. That really works. Um, it's nice to have um, some type of an energy source for them to tap into um, besides your cell phone or something, but they will need to tap into an energy force. Sometimes they tap into you. That's why people feel drained and they feel like, wow, it's like something tapped into me and got an energy drain. Always offer something for them to tap into. That's why they'll tap into TVs or computers or cell phones or light bulbs, light sources. So bring something for them to tap into that helps them because their electromagnetic field is lower. And then really ask for friendly. Ask for somebody who's talented. Bring the friendly ones to me because literally you'll get more activity that way. Um, when it's an unfriendly person, it won't feel good and you won't want to stay very long. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, though, you know, I've been in places where um, people have touched people inappropriately. 
doing things, you know, who's going to stay and do an investigation very long with that? Right. Um, now, when the really talented ones start to come, oh my gosh, you'll pick up vibration, often they can speak to you, you can start to hear things, um, they will move things, and they look at it as like a game and fun with you. So the last time I was up at the Stanley Hotel, we were moving dum-dum suckers in the anchor's hand. And he's this big guy, about 240, and I've got a video on my, I think it's on my website. If not, I'll give it to you. But she was six, and her name is Susie. But she was moving this dumb, dumb sucker, and literally it was moving in his hand, and it was hanging. And he was just, he's like 240 pounds, and he was looking at it, and his eyes were so big. I said, she's six. Don't worry about it. She's six. Her mom was a cook at, at the Stanley. But we get so apprehensive of what's on the other side. And sometimes it could be a child just having fun with us. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's so much so much fun. Yeah. You know, it's it's um it's the magical. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That makes me feel so much better. Because I'm yeah. always so scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well listen sometimes so Susie was as scared of him. Mm -hmm. And so I'm talking him through he's two hundred and forty pounds. He had played college football and he's an anchor, and he's looking at me, and, and I'll tell you the story after, and then um, I'm talking to Susie through, listen, he's not gonna hurt you, just move the dumb, dumb sucker, you know, so it was this whole thing, so so we finish up, and I told him, give me the most haunted room, I'll put protection around myself, and I'll sleep fine, right, so they put me in Lord Brahma's room, he, um, he just kept coming in my room, I said, okay, get him out of here, right, mm -hmm. so you can always put protection around mm -hmm. you and ask for protection, um, he was just joking with me, mm -hmm. but um, the anchor who I was with, Craig, went to bed that night, and he was watching ESPN, and all of a sudden, the TV kept turning off, and he was in the fame of the, the Stephen King room, uh -huh. and his TV kept turning off, and it wouldn't turn on, so he called hotel security that came up, and it turned on, and the guy said, I don't know what you're talking about, so he left, and literally the TV kept going off again. So he slept with his shoes off, fully clothed, the whole night. I called him at 7.30, said, when I go get breakfast, he said, we've left. I am so freaked out, Michelle, I didn't sleep a wink. I am so out of here. Because I kept telling him, oh, just go to bed, it's fine. I think it's your dad playing a joke on him, because his dad was across. Uh -huh. And so a lot of times, it will be loved ones having fun with us, mm -hmm. things like that. If you ask the archangels its intention, you'll get really clear as to what the intention is. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting a little scared in our minds, just ask the archangels what's its intention. Mm -hmm. And and you'll hear it's friendly or you hear it's not friendly. Mm -hmm. And if it's not friendly, get out of there. Why do that to yourself? Because right. really, physically, they can be around you, attached to you. Um, they can create bodily marks, things like that. Just don't be in that situation. Yeah. First things first, they'll put a lot of protection around you if that is the case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so good luck on your show. Thank you so um, much. You need to do more investigations out in the wild. Okay. Like cemeteries, out in nature. Mm -hmm. um, what was that Blair project I'm seeing? Oh, gosh. Right, right? <laughs> yeah. um, I see you guys out in nature mm -hmm. and call them in. Call them in. Mm -hmm. You do it easily, and you're going to, like, know that you have this gift to, like, call people in and do that. Okay. Um, but people will love that. Mm -hmm. You'll like being in open spaces better, too. Yeah. You don't like the prisons or the cells. Definitely not. 
uh-huh it's like i'm not doing that mm-hmm. yeah well let me let me know if you ever want me to come out i'll do investigation yeah, cool. we'll kind of get you <laughs> tuned to some people get sure. some activity on video mm-hmm. so thanks so much We'd like to apologize again. We'd like to thank all of you for for sticking with us and checking the Facebook page. I could see that people were checking the Facebook page to see, I guess, either new people or we had several new people in in our absence, like, join the Facebook page, which was cool. And people kind of regularly checking up uh, and viewing the page. We're super sorry for our absence and we're gonna try to make 2017 super spooky. Yeah, we've been uh, getting all those emails, Facebook messages. Oh my god, you guys have been blowing it up. Good grief. Not really though. No, we wish. Please email us. <laughs> <laughs> please. Please clap. Oh my god, please love us. Please <laughs> talk to us. That's hauntedpodcasts at gmail.com at hauntedpodcasts on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Uh, Where are we? Google Music Play, Google Podcast mm-hmm. app, iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere in the world. Thanks to Joe Taylor for our music and thanks to the Stanley Hotel because Lilith said that I could talk about the tour (laughs) (laughs) and uh thanks to thanks to Michelle the medium the mile high medium oh yeah that's her little thing mile high medium (laughs) so cute thanks Michelle thanks Zoe Sullivan for our artwork yeah thank you Shout out to Aaron. Shout out to Aaron. Uh, we know that we've, I feel like we've let you down a little bit. We really let you down, Aaron. Yeah, I feel like, as, that was my first thought when we didn't like, we kind of like lost our scheduling for this stuff and we went like a month without one. I was my like, first thought was Aaron. Yeah, I was like, crap. And then as time went on, I just felt more and more doom and gloom about it. Yeah, man. Sorry. I just didn't know how to address how, how much we let him down. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for being a friend, everybody. And if you got it, haunt it. <laughs>